This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey loves, welcome to our monthly medicine for the month of March, nine days in, better late than never. Um, Happy full moon in Virgo, happy Mercury direct. Um... I feel like times have been so strange, so wild, and um, there really is no other time on the wheel of the year where we really get to um, practice feeling into what it is to kind of find some rooting in like the vacuum of space, basically, and um, what it is to find a rhythm with the waves. That's Pisces, and we're deeply in that flow. This is like the Pisciest Pisces season, I I think. Um, I usually feel them just as strongly as probably most do, but this this has been very foggy, particularly um, partially because we've uh, been in a Mercury retrograde in Pisces. Partially, some of that Mercury retrograde has been happening in uh, in Aquarius as well. Um, but sort of all the same, a lot less being um, focused on directness right now. Um, a lot of fog right now, a lot of confusion, a lot of emotion, a lot that we don't know. There's a lot happening right now that is being felt by people literally all over the world. Am I okay? Are things safe? Am I safe? Will I be okay? Will this person be okay? Um, a lot of unknowns and a lot of panic, (laughs) you know, um, that's what can happen when we mix all of this Piscean energy and the huge invitation of this year, which is really evolving and, um, finding a sense of rooting through whatever arises. And that includes, situations of great fear of unknown and of rest of unrest um which is not to say that we can't have our feelings and our emotions about it ideally we we can and will um but yeah whew, big energy big pisces energy <laughs> like major um and in fact There's a lot right now happening um, in light of Pisces energy that um, the combinations of flavors and harmonics are so strange. Um, The combination of Virgo and Pisces is really quite beautiful and yet is a pretty um, big reflection of what's going on right now with um, many people in many communities and in many parts of the world feeling the 
um, pulse of panic or fear or of um, paranoia about coronavirus and about um, getting ill. And, you know, we're all feeling that collective fear. Even if you are not personally scared, we're all feeling that. I know many um, psychic people um, and myself were communicating about how earlier this week we're all kind of feeling like these weird upper respiratory uh, symptoms, but we weren't sick. And um, my teacher reflected to me like we're all feeling the panic around like the entire world focused on lungs and breathing and illness. And, um, you know, part of these monthly medicines are to kind of reconnect us back to the idea that what we feel individually, we also, um, is a very small microcosm of the planet of the collective shared living experience. Like we're all feeling that just like, even though we might not be aware of it on the day to day, um, we are all feeling the effects of climate change. We're all feeling the effects of the idea that already climate change is disrupting so much of the migratory patterns of the birds and the butterflies. Like we feel that. And so, um, you know, sometimes we sit and think, God, why do I have this weight of grief that I, I have no idea where that's coming from? Um, and I think Pisces season is such a powerful time to not necessarily understand the why and understand the how and really um, move into, well, okay, and I'm feeling this and I'm not sure whether it's mine or not, but how can I tend it? What is it inviting me to pay attention to? And is there a depth of my personal ocean? that I'm being invited to swim down to and explore. And, um, yeah, this month is going to have a lot of different patterning, you know? Um, I, uh, you know, this episode of Monthly Medicine is late because of a few reasons, and I'm not going to, I would never lie anyway, but I'm not going to pretend that I necessarily understand it all, which again, I never do, but I'm going to share that um, since moving cross country, um, which I have to say, as somebody who has enough privilege, um, to move cross country and as sort of a settler in this country, um, I've been a little bit more humble and buttoned up about my move because I don't know that it's necessarily something to be trumpeting out to the hills just out of respect for those who maybe don't have the means and out of respect to those who are indigenous to this country. I, I really does, um, I do think about those things and that, um, you know, moves across the country while enormous to me, um, may not necessarily be something that is, um, even though many people have been so celebratory and lovely about it, I, it's my aim to be sensitive. So I haven't talked about it as much, but I, I am going to share that, um, this move has been one of the more profound 
experiences of my life and one of the, and amazing, and one of the things that is teaching me as a lifelong East Coaster, New Yorker, you know, tri-state area person is that things move on a completely different pace. And I'm not talking about the people because I'm all the way out in the woods here, actually, and I don't see that many people, which is really quite great. <laughs> but um, the pace of the of the land and of the energy is totally different and is teaching me not to rush. It's also teaching me that um, to trust in different ways. And um, since moving here, um, there's been a lot of uh, real clarity about what doesn't feel completely heart-centered and how can there be a gentle movement to and toward more of a heart space, more of an open space. And I'll be honest with you, I since moving, this podcast has felt very hard to keep up with because um, since moving, because moving has been expensive, uh, there's been a lot um, of stuff that's come through my channel that's been like, spirit basically saying, Hey, do this offering and then this offering and then prepare for your course, which is coming up in like a month and three weeks, which is insane. So there's been moving, but also a lot of creation and the podcast has really gotten sort of lost in the shuffle episodes have been late, this, that, and the other. And, um, although I didn't realize it when we were in Aquarius season, since being in Pisces season, it's been very clear to me that something has been a little off with the podcast. And then I actually think for a long time, there hasn't been a centering in the heart for me. And I'm still exploring why that is. You know, again, Pisces is, it's like, I'm not sure we understand. I don't know that we're meant to know immediately. I think we discover later. Um, you know, why is that? Is it because I'm so private that, you know, I'm trying to serve without sharing where I'm at? Probably because I'm afraid of maybe like making mistakes or being seen or that people don't like it. Probably. Um, because I'm, you know, who knows? <laughs> really, like probably all those things are correct. And there's probably even more. And, um, I'm somebody who my offerings are always, always, always changing. And this podcast has been changing through the years, but all that to say that I actually recorded a monthly medicine episode for March about nine days ago and was told not to post it. And I was not told why, and I was told not to tell anybody about it. So for the last week, I've been totally silent on Instagram, haven't sent out my monthly newsletter, have just been sitting in not problems or doubt or contraction or even any discomfort because I knew that it wasn't a problem. Um, but I also knew that um, although I didn't know why 
completely I was being asked to be still, I did not hear the call to go forward, and so I didn't. And today, I was told, get your ass upstairs and record, girl. (laughs) So here I am. And I think that, first of all, with regard to the podcast, um, I meant what I said. I think it's changing. I don't think it's going anywhere, but I think it's changing because I'm changing. I've been changing for the last year and have really not been sharing about that. And I think it's interesting that I haven't because, um, yeah, my, my, my work has been so subterranean that sometimes I forget to share. Um, but gosh, I mean, the year I've had has been so transformative, so expansive in so many different ways. And, um, this move, um, has really been an external reflection of all the internal work that came before it for way more than a year. And um, giving myself permission to be in the unknown, to be in the not knowing, to be in the void, to be in the imperfection and the messiness and the total vulnerability of telling you, my audience, like, I'm really sensing that there's a change possibly in our lineup, possibly in, in, you know, very subtle ways, you know, even this feels like a big melting open. And, uh, it's really interesting how little I assume people want to hear about that. So that's something I'm sitting with, but everything we're talking about right now is Pisces. It's about hanging out. It's about staying with something as messy as it is and not rushing that moment where we kind of um, get out of the pose. It's about kind of leaning into the burn, leaning into the discomfort and really um, sinking in there, like really finding new levels of what we thought we could hang out with And sometimes they're excruciating. And sometimes like with this particular example of the podcast, it's like recording a whole thing and then getting like, no, you know, and, and not necessarily being told to explain yourself. Very Pisces, very Pisces. And so I think, um, saving the monthly medicine, uh, from March till the ninth and also having it land on the full moon in Virgo, which is just, again, so huge. And I'm feeling every moment of it. Um, and Mercury going direct, moving into its shadow period for the next several days. You know, um, prior to this, I think that things have felt so foggy and the fog is really good. This is what Pisces teaches us is that when we can close the eyes, the eye can be shut, then we can really look in and realize all of the disparate pieces that are um, kind of weaving apart and coming back together. And there's so much invisible growth happening in Pisces season. And 
the idea that March in and of itself holds Pisces season and Aries season, the death time on the wheel of the year, the death of the zodiac wheel that we've been walking since March 20th, 2019. Think about where you were last year at around this time. When I think back to that, it's like I've died a million deaths and come back to life a million times since then. 2019 was in and of itself a Pisces year because it was a hangman year. Hangman's ruled by Neptune. So, and the sun and Neptune have been conjunct, you know, for quite some time. And we're both, we're all feeling that too. There's this immense sense of suspension, of waiting. But what does it look like when we show up in the waiting? What does it look like when we don't know the answer, but we show up and we do our best instead, not pushing, but, and, and not rushing, but just arriving and being able to say, you know, okay, here's where it is right now. You know, what is it to move through a month that encompasses all of the unbelievable worldly and earthly circumstances and invitations that are happening on the planet right now that our next level is like a a kind way to say that. Um, It's the ultimate death birth month, March. You know, we are completing our zodiacal spiral here. Pisces is the last um, deep dive into what we are meant to learn so that we don't take it with us into Aries season. This is why Pisces is ruled by the moon card, but also hangs out with the hangman. The moon asks us to really, really suspend, to hang out in a situation where we may not have answers, we may not know what's going on, where we may be confronted with a lot of unknowns, there may be a lot of frustration, but the moon card actually gets a little easier the more we bring some practice to it, the more we hang out in the moon card, literally, without trying to rush or force, noticing how the mind kind of projects onto things in the moon card. Um, It is all to say that it really allows for there to be a cracking open where we finally get to see something that maybe we've never allowed ourselves to see before because we've been so busy in our day-to-day. We've been so busy in our stuff. And Hangman, you know, in some ways I think even more than the moon card is really Pisces card because um, it really represents this idea of Pisces as the end, the sacred end that Hangman loves us so much that it will literally keep us in a state of suspension so that we can complete and shed and clear everything, every fucking thing we're not meant to be holding, carrying, continuing, perpetuating anymore so that we can be free, so that we can enter into our emperor experience, our emperor spiral in Aries season so that we can move into the 
wild, messy, delicious birth that is Aries season, which is always like a wild time too, um, so that we can enter into that without anything. It's like completing a life before we get perhaps reincarnated into the next. We're letting go a little bit here. So I think we're all going through this. I think this is a tremendous time of unknowns. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Even though it's um, uncomfortable, I'm not getting that there's anything wrong with that. So the first opportunity here is to really um, notice in what ways are you making the unknown a problem? It's just something to gently bring attention to. I do this all the time. (laughs) Um, You know, I do this all the time. Of course I do. I'm a person just like you. So, you know, sometimes it's just the awareness. Like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm totally making the idea that I don't know or that I'm not further a huge problem. And it's not. Because, uh, If there was meant to be something, it would be here. It's pretty hard to argue with that, you know? And so just just bringing that forward. And if there wasn't the story that there needed to be answers or that you needed to understand, um, what might have room to take root? That's also a beautiful thing with Pisces, is that when we stop fighting the hangman, That's actually when the ego process of death and the soul's rebirth can happen. You know, we move through that whole stage of fighting, fighting the unknown, fighting the void, fighting the suspension is something that happens in both the moon card and the hangman card. It is very normal if you've been feeling a sense of rebellion against whatever circumstance you're in. But when we can float with it, some pretty amazing things can happen. And again, we have a full moon in Virgo today. We have the harvest, you know, energy, crow moon. Um, We're harvesting today, literally, uh, because full moons are a time when the light is brightest, the moon is at its peak. We can really sense into what has this last cycle brought forward? What can I lay down at the feet? of myself and at the feet of kind of my life, you know, what, what have I grown and what have I been sowing from, you know, last full moon to this full moon, but also, um, the last full moon in Virgo, like, where were you at the last full moon in Virgo? It's pretty powerful to ask that question. And when we marry Virgo with Pisces, we have, um, (laughs) probably like on the, like more, like less high, less, like more low frequency end of things, probably like a lot of pretty funny things we can say about like hypochondria and hypervigilance and like, you know, high emotion, but on the highest, um, you know, evolutionary scale of what these two bring together is that we have an energy that will invite us to go as deeply as we can Pisces, and we have an energy that will invite us to be of most humble, high service. So there's a really 
beautiful marriage here where the full moon in Virgo can actually help us bow over to Pisces energy. It can actually create ceremony out of it. This can be ritualistic. So it's something really powerful to think about. You know, for me, I've been doing um, in this kind of flow of of Pisces, you know, wavy madness. Um, I've gotten, I've managed to uh, kind of um, crack open a, a really beautiful piece of information about my uh, father's bloodline, my ancestry, and um, happened to find out uh, just the other day that my mother's father, um, my grandfather on, uh, the Italian side. Oh, I have a little taste of Brooklyn there. <laughs> Very loud motorcyclist. Um, and my father's grand, my mother's father, um, my ancestors came from Lake Garda in Italy. And, uh, my father's ancestors came from a lake in Ireland. And, um, it's very powerful to consider the idea that, on both sides of my bloodline, my people were lake water people. Um, and there's a lot of myth that runs through the lake in Ireland where my family is um, from. I literally just learned about. So I've been, you know, this moon for me has been a really powerful time you know, when my head is above the surface of the water, there's a lot of noise and a lot of chaos and a lot of you shoulds and deadlines and craziness. But when I dip my head under the water, there's all this like beautiful information that doesn't seem so important to the brain. It has a lot of opinions about what I should be doing with my time. And yet the peace that's under those particular waves that I'm able to dive into allows for this beautiful opening to happen that again, in, in total Pisces, you know, um, uh, energy doesn't have a lot of through lines that we might necessarily be connecting right now. The Pisces energy is total spiral complete. Like we are not, when you're in the curve of that spiral, you're not going to know where you're going. You know, a lot of the signs and a lot of their energy, we're always moving in a spiral here on this planet, but some of the, you know, spiral can sort of straighten out a bit where we can really have a sense of sort of like, oh, I can see a lot more of the fullness of this curve or it's a much larger spiral. So we can sort of see, um, you know, a little bit more down the pike and some of them really get in there with those curves and just the deliciousness of them. Pisces is certainly that way. So I share that little bit about my ancestry one because it was a absolutely marvelous, um, you know, discovery for me, but also because that is totally not something that I would have thought would come right now. And yet there it was. And, um, I had to bow to the invitation to get quieter. And then that just dropped in, you know, that random like uh, link to information, you know, about my um, father's 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 original last name in Ireland and all this stuff opened up. So there's so much here for us if we can be open to it. 
And it's really important in an emperor year about to go into our emperor month, our tower time in Aries season to really bow over, you know, what can you not name and yet what's calling out to you? How can you honor that? So that's what we're looking at here. Also, Mercury going direct is really, um, I love Mercury retrogrades and really appreciate what they do. I, I really appreciate their medicine. And this is one that I'm really ready to see the back of, <laughs> if I can just be really honest. So, um, I think that, yeah, really looking forward to this. Um, even though the shadow period is a lot more challenging for me personally than, uh, the retrograde, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still happy to be, you know, again, in the contraction before the expansion as it were. So yeah, March is this, just this real powerful opportunity to really sink into the essence here, really sink into the medicine, sink into the void and, um, to kind of choose between the noise of the surface and the immensely powerful call of what's actually under your personal ocean right now. And it's not a, you know, I often talk about this. This is not a bypassing. We can absolutely hold a space for what's going on outside of us and how we can be available to tend and to um, honor here. This is a collective podcast. And yet we're all receiving this as individuals. And it has to really start with, you know, how am I curving inward in order to spiral outward so that I have what I need so that I can serve others when it, when that, when the opportunity calls me, you know, it's pretty powerful. Um, so now we're going to get into, um, our card of the month, um, four of swords. So the most important thing in the month of March, especially now that Mercury is going direct, we're going to be in the shadow period until I believe March 29th. Apologies if I'm not correct on that, but this is really a time as much as it seems like, because the irony of the timing of all this Pisces and um, of kind of the thickening of the Piscean energy, so to speak, is ironically, the more this season progresses, and we really only have about, you know, 10 more days in this energy before we flip into Aries, but March Aries is pretty different from April Aries energy, which I think most people know. The mind right now, mentally, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of invitations right now into terror, paranoia, and fear. And just in case you need to hear it, you do not have to take those invitations. You just don't. Are they serving your peace of mind, your nervous system, your creation? Are they serving you or are they serving to fuel a fight flight response? Four of Swords is a radical invitation 
where we actually get to pick up that fourth sword and say, actually, no. Actually, I'm not available to read one more article on coronavirus today. (laughs) Actually, I'm not available to engage on social media about this. Actually, I'm not available to deal with, um, you know, this particular need from this particular person. Not because we're burying our heads under the sand, not because we're being bad friends or bad parents or bad children or bad kids or whatever, because we owe it to ourselves first things first to ask and to get in the habit of asking is X, Y, Z, whatever it is, is this serving me? Is this in my highest alignment? Is this an alignment for everyone on the planet for me to be engaging in this? And if you get a no, which everybody understands, you know, we can get really in our heads and be like, I don't know if I hear a yes or a no. We always know. We just doubt, you know, um, that's really my experience of serving a lot of people in this capacity is that we know, um, being very, very strong gatekeepers about what serves the mind, the nervous system, and what does not. And what does not, we do not need to create story about how we're weak, about how we can't handle things. Your capacity is not another person's capacity. Your ability to say, I would rather conserve right now my energetic output for creation, for work, for parenting, for writing, for um, volunteering is absolutely appropriate. And for some people, there can be a gentle balance. And for some people, it's a no-sum game where it's just like not looking at this right now, not available for it at all. It really depends. Four of pentacles is working with two or four of pentacles, sorry, four of swords for our card of the month is working with two of pentacles here as a helper, which basically means right now we're moving through a time where it is very important as an act of meditation, as an act of intention, as an act of self-love, of prayer, of devotion to check in what deserves room in your hands. If we think about your hands as extensions of your heart, if we think about your heart as your largest brain, as the biggest electromagnetic field in your body, as the inward and outward extension of what you offer to the world and what you, you know, take from the world, if you think about your hands as the earthly extension of what you both put out, create, make, love on, cook, is right now all of this medicine, this creation, this beautiful, like letters you might be writing, you know, um, drafts of your book you might be, you know, channeling down, um, you know, time that you might be with your children, time that you might be 
like touching your own body in a place of pleasure or, um, you know, offering touch in a consensual way. And um, I can think of a million things that we might be doing with our hands, gardening, cooking, um, you know, like washing our, our, our kids' hair, like what, whatever it might mean. Or is there a phone in your hand? Is the phone in your hand really important? Are there things in your hand, other people's business, what other people are doing, things that you have absolutely zero control over right now? Is it in your highest and best to know? Sometimes even when certain things I have no control over them, I am really guided and feel that it's really important to at least be aware of what's going on. There are some things where I just say absolutely not. You know, two of pentacles is an experience, one of the only cards that has an infinity loop on it traditionally in the tarot. That means we're creating something. We're actually weaving something down and in. We're in creation. And in order to kind of juggle that and be available for that, um, that looping that that's sort of seaming up and weaving and taking place, we actually have to be in really huge devotion around what does not get our attention, what does not deserve. And both of these cards are working together in ways that are so beautifully complementary and intimate and as fierce allies that we can take with us through the whole month. You do not need to take every invitation that is going to affect the way that you're thinking. You don't need to take every invitation from your brain. You can say, no, right now my brain has been inviting me into so many old things. This is very Pisces, very moon card, echoes of the past, very normal for that to be coming up right now. Some of the things my brain's been inviting me into are some very big old triggers for me and some like some pretty big ones. And it's been a huge gift to be able to say, Hey, I see that I'm going to nurture the heart and my little girl who feel really shaken up by this, but you brain do not get to walk in my fucking door with this shit and think that you're going to get my attention because I'm not going to go there with you. I'm not going to take your invitation that I was a bad person. I'm not going to take your invitation that I should feel so guilty. I'm not going to take your invitation that I'll never be okay, that I'm broken forever. Like whatever, whatever it is, I have plenty (laughs) that my brain loves to bring out, you know? Um, and it tries to rip the rug out up from under me. And it's been a powerful practice to be like the fuck you thought you can get the hell out of here. And it's not a denial that it's happening. It's the awareness that, whoa, that trigger really was very strong. And I know what was under the trigger is bullshit. And I don't have to take that on. Four of swords, very powerful. And when we marry that again with two of pentacles, we're looking at this idea of what deserves my energy? What deserves my attention right now? Is it what's over the waves for you or what's under the waves? You know, if for various people, it, it might be one, it might be the other. Where is that infinity loop? Where is that, you know, transformative infinity loop that's happening within you right now? Are you present for it? Are you aware of it? Because we are in it, baby. We are in 
one of the most profound death cycles collectively that we've been in for a long time. Are we present for that? You know, are we awake for that? (sighs) So that's a very big deal. Our lesson is Ten of Cups. Where is the joy for you? And how can you make that a ferocious priority? Joy is radical. It is not easy to prioritize joy. It's not easy to prioritize rest either. And yet these two energies, rest and joy, are a very big part of March's energy. You know, where is the joy for you? What is available to you? Ten of Cups has been so stunted and broken and like disnified for like forever, pretty much since Tarot was started to be written about in a more uh, conventional way. Um, you don't get everything you want in Ten of Cups. You don't get a partner. You don't have total harmony. You don't have everything you want. This is ridiculous. We're living in the real world and Tarot doesn't behave like that because life isn't like that. Ten of Cups at its root is far more radical, where it says, in spite of the fact that you might be in pain, that you might be lonely, that you might not have everything that you want, that things might not be okay, you might not be feeling great right now, you might be in deep loss and in deep grief, is there something that brings about a sense of, wow, I'm alive in this moment right now. The beauty of the rainbow, which is a pretty um, present part in a lot of Ten of Cups um, cards across different decks, is that rainbows will make pretty much anybody, like if you're driving, it'll make you kind of like pull your car over. Oh my God, it will bring people together because it's beautiful and Also, it doesn't last very long. So the idea that rainbows are such a strong representation of what is really available to us in every moment of life, which is that there's always something, be it a bird on your windowsill or the trees or, um, you know, um, like you look out the window of your apartment and there's all of a sudden like a dancing napkin, (laughs) you know, like whatever it is, like there's something that it's like, oh my gosh, wow. You know, that sort of takes us right out of the moment. That's Ten of Cups. And for that to come up as a lesson is letting us know that there's a part of us that's ready to be liberated from the story that we should know more, that we should have certain things in order to have happiness. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't know much about life. I'm pretty humble and kind of in the unknown, just like all of you. Um, But I do know that Um, I don't think anybody ever gets to a point where they're comfortable and they got it all. Like everybody's got something that they're dealing with, albeit some people working with tremendous privilege and other people who, you know, are working with, um, a lot more challenges depending on what's going on. But, um, some things are invisible. Like there's, there's so much that can be happening. So if you're in pain, how can you tend to bow to the reality of what's here while also having your eyes out, not in any way to like bypass the grief or the shittiness, but is there something? 
anything kind of you can open to, open the heart to in willingness? Is there anything that wants to come forward? Anything at all? You know, if you're in grief right now, it's pretty, this card is pretty radical, actually. This, it's, um, it's also pretty radical to say, I don't feel great and I can rest in that. But it's even more radical, I think, and at least just as much, you know, equal um, to be able to say, okay, you know, while I may not feel joyful, is there something in my life that is um, acting as a kind of a rainbow? Is there something that wants to come forward and really be acknowledged and seen right now? You know, so there's a real beauty to that. And I think um, it's the lesson because it's really hard to do. <laughs> um, it's really hard to like, you know, for having a really challenging time to sense into what that is and what it means to us. Um, what we're ready to release. Um, and so not to go away from that, but your sense of what lights you up Ten of Cups style is going to be really different. For some people, it's like fan fiction. Um, for some people, it's um, felting. For some people, it's playing the piano. For some people, it's, um, you know, dogs that they see. For some people, it's their cat or, you know, their pet. and Or it is bird watching, you know, or it is like it, it or it is like, you know, the beauty of sunrise or like looking and sensing into what phase the moon is in, trying to find it in the sky. Like it doesn't need to be overt and it doesn't need to move mountains. It's just a reconnection every day. Like what is my soul, my heart really longing for when the brain is sort of, um, not being constantly pacified when I don't honor its desire to be constantly fed all of this really intense, triggering information how is there room for more joy to be root to be rooted there and how does that change the way I show up in the world because when we're constantly um you know on hyper alert um it can tend to exhaust us pretty um intensely and that is part of why what we're being asked what is ready to be released in March is seven of wands um, which is another way of saying that we're ready to clear out hypervigilance. Um, now, obviously, we're not clearing out all hypervigilance and not everybody dealing with um, hypervigilance is like my number one PTSD, um, like daily um it's, it's like my, you know, everybody I think has their like top three, <laughs> like PTSD symptoms in mind certainly is hypervigilance. And I work with it pretty much on a daily basis. Um, and, uh, but it, so it's, it's not to say like no more hypervigilance cause we wouldn't even be alive without it, but 
this idea of constantly living in a way that suggests that we're missing something, that suggests that we have to know any possible outcome of any possible scenario. We we have to know um, all of the horrific things that are happening right now because. Now, I'm going to say this. It's one thing if we have the space if we're coming at it from a rooted sense, if we actually are in a healthy situation with our nervous system, with our heart, if there is a sense of connection to joy, and if we do have a devotion to be able to say, I'm not turning away from what's happening in the world. I want to be available to help. I want to be available to be of service. I want to show up if I have privilege and resources and energy and money and time to give. I want to give them and I want to know what's going on. That is not what I'm saying. That is ideal. Most of us do not do that. Most of us guilt ourselves into looking at news on a 24-7 basis. We completely terrify and exhaust ourselves. We have nothing to give, and we constantly give and give and give from totally empty cups. We get totally ragged, and then what happens? We have to completely, like, the pendulum swings in a complete opposite way. We're unavailable for anything. Not really being available as the best kind of supports and allies that we can be um, in the world when the world calls for it because things like that happen. So seven of wands is a real particular energy that says, are you on high alert? And is there any way that you can investigate why? Now we're all on high alert. We're we're on the planet, right? <laughs> but um, there are varying degrees of it, and I'm pretty sure that you can feel into that in a personal way. Like, are there high alerts? You, I do this all the time. I'm constantly checking and balancing myself on this. Like, um, I'm going through my day. I'm creating. I'm not necessarily like, oh, I'm so happy. Everything's great. But I'm in a balanced state. And then, hi, motorcyclist. And then I shift into a space where I go, eh, I'm just going to look at what's going on, like in this area or around this topic or whatever. And all of a sudden, I'm totally consumed. I'm triggered. I'm terrified. My little girl's upset. I have totally lost my center on what I was doing. And my work suffers. My team suffer. Um, what I was actually asked to bring forward during that day gets shifted. I get out of alignment. Um, I forget to eat. I might, there's a pretty big domino effect when I'm not actually, um, acting and engaging from an aligned place, but from a brain place from the brain saying like, yes, let's keep ourselves like whipped up here. The brain likes it. And we get to say no fucking thank you. And that's the radical, um, magic of this sort of infinity loop time that we're in right now. This is what we get to practice this month. This is a good thing. Being in an emperor year, I spoke about this um, in the threshold. It Part of this year really involves a lot of rooting. It has to do with the idea that we're moving into a time when um, 
It's a four energy. And in order to really step up as the mountains, the redwood trees, the cypresses, the cedars, like the huge energetic um, Douglas firs, like the big old growth, massive ocean sky, you know, um, energies that actually are emperor, those actually are emperor. You have to have a root that's strong. You have to have a root that's strong. And the fours really help us to do that. So what we're really talking about here as we prepare to go into the Aries season of really an Aries year is to look at what's our root, like what what's happening for us? You know, what choices are we making? How are we engaging? What are we choosing to engage with? Are we choosing fear over a sense of inner wisdom? Are we being influenced by stuff that actually really has nothing to do with our experience at all? Um, and is it an alignment for those things to kind of come in and have an effect or not? You know, it really depends, you know, on what it is that we're all meant to do and bring totally different things to the planet at any given moment. And certain things are not necessarily meant. Sometimes it can be just literally a minute's difference that we're meant to finish a sentence, finish an email, finish a book, finish a chapter, finish um, a certain set of creation. And then we can pause and then we have room to intake something externally. We are relearning right now, beginning the process of relearning how we show up as present, available citizens of this world and bring what we came to bring to the planet without siphoning anything and being in divine timing, siphoning energy toward things that are not in alignment. And that's not to say that news and worldly events are not in alignment. It's totally not true. There couldn't really be anything more um, important um, for a spiritual practitioner than to be informed. Like the political is most certainly spiritual and vice versa. What we're talking about is alignment with having a sacred relationship with those things so that we're not actually using them in a really inappropriate way. So that we're not coming at those things from brain, so that we're coming to them from soul. That's what we're starting to shift here. The helpers this month, the medicine, um, what we're stepping toward is the fool. So really what we're talking about is entering a new way, entering a new paradigm. This is a part of what Aries season is starting to grow and bring in a huge way. Fool is a is a major, major, major part of this zodiacal year starting on March 20th for us in the Northern Hemisphere. So it's a very, very big deal that we're, and really it's a new zodiacal year for everybody because Aries, whether you're experiencing it through the lens of the fall equinox or the spring, depending on where you are, Northern or Southern, we're moving into a new zodiacal year as a world. So Aries initiates that. And it's really important to remember that there's a lot of power in being able to think about beginning new ways, letting old things die. This old, like, 
we have all been really um, shifted <laughs> over the last 10 or 20 years with, you know, being very consumed with um, stuff that actually does not feed or influence or in any way support us bringing our soul's medicine to the planet and getting very invested in lots of different um, things that are maybe not for us or maybe just are not even like for anybody. But the fool is coming in to say that we're developing a whole new respect, a whole new relationship with our energy, with the things that we consume and that we read so that we can actually show up as 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 supportive, as as being of service. So there's actually some energetic capacity to give, to listen. There's a whole new shift that's happening here. And everybody is going to experience this differently. For some people, this is about not taking on other people's nonsense. You know, not taking on other people's emotional labor, not, you know, hearing questions that feel super insulting or infuriating with regard to what, you know, someone might be asking them and, and you know, just like literally being like, I'm going to let that question just hang in the air, not going to take it on. They'll figure it out. And for some people, it's acknowledging that there might be a fear in stepping up and speaking and taking up space. Um, in an aligned way and saying, okay, I can bow to that and still come forward. For some, it's really about, um, you know, I could go on and on. So there's some real power to thinking about that here. A couple things, you know, this month is going to feel kind of messy. That's not a problem. There might be really strong emotions, really big anger, really big messiness, um, this is the contraction before the expansion. We have to be able to feel into that messiness in order to step into a place where things are reordered in a new way. This is a very, very, very big time of reordering in ways I don't even think we really understand yet. So we're just making space for that. It's really important to remember that kind of until March 20th, we're working with a lot of hangman energy. I talked about hangman a lot last year and will continue to do so, <laughs> you know, probably over the next few weeks of this podcast. Um, remembering hangman, hangman is a friend. Hangman's a huge ally. It's a helper. It's here to help us clear out old threads, old bullshit that we're not meant to take with us. This is what Pisces season is all about. Go down in and reclaim those underwater treasures. Go down in and, um, you know, literally watch as the shedding, the delayering happens again and again. Shed those tears. Like, um, there's huge grief under the terror right now that nobody wants to look at. And that's part of why disengaging with the like constant hypervigilance spiral is so potent and so powerful because it actually allows us to get down and into that grief. And um, also, literally so important to nurture right now. So important to be nurturing specifically to the body. Everybody has different relationships with self-care. Some people feel like, fuck self-care. I hate it. I hate myself. I hate this body. Like, why should I take care of this body? Blah, blah, blah. 
Some people are like, I want to, but it feels so hard, so triggering. Like there are a million um, kind of uh, layers to the self-care experience and feeling that we all have. Um, Thinking about your body as a child or as a pet or as like a little um, like a little friend that you love, um, and just stepping into a space where you just simply say, how can I nurture that child, that animal, that pet, that friend in a way that maybe is just the bare bones, like I'm feeding it. Great. Is there a nurturance? Is there a nourishment that can happen? You know, are there opportunities that you can offer yourself to lean on trees, to go see water, to take walks, to make herbal infusions, to as, as totally cheesy as this sounds, I really think this is probably the best thing that anyone can do. Just maybe drink just a little bit more water. I feel like that's a, that's a constant uphill battle in my life and it makes a big difference. And, um, you know, it really does. Like it, it actually really, really does, especially as highly sensitive people and intuitives water. My mentor, Michelle really taught me this. And it is true that like water, just it, the replenishment of fluid, um, it's a lot easier for any empath, any intuitive, any highly sensitive person to actually have, um, we need more replenishment. So probably everybody listening to that, this shares that. So, um, thinking about that, you know, this is a really radical time. This is a time of huge change. Thinking about changing the ways that we engage with things. What is the attention that we bring to it? What is the um, intention that we bring to it? Um, There's such a fine line between literally opening a book, checking our email. Um, Are we doing it from a brain place or are we doing it from a heart place? Are we doing it from fear or are we doing it from openness? Do we have enough room? If not, how can we change that? You know, how, what might be of use to actually help that along? Um, Really powerful to think about. It's a very, very big month, I'll tell you. And um, that's my water. (laughs) There's definitely so much opportunity that we have to really, really grow and change. So in light of that, um, I hope that this monthly medicine has been of service and just thank you for being here, for listening, for being here, some of you for three years. And um, I don't really know how things are going to change on this podcast. I've really been hearing for a while that weekly card polls might be useful, you know? And so I've been, I'd love to hear from people. Like if you'd like that, just a little touch of energetic, um, intuitive downloads, you know, every week. And I don't know if they'll be as long. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm really 
I can't make some sort of big announcement about like, oh my gosh, this is the way the podcast is going because I think, again, it's in this really beautiful experience of flux and I'm just sort of following it rather than trying to make it something that I think it should be or, or that it wants to be. So um, I'll let you know how that goes because <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to do, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for listening. I'm wishing everybody the just the most beautiful um, full moon. And if you're like me and you're just feeling so tired, <laughs> I hope that uh, this is a restful experience. And I hope that over the next few days, some of this fogginess kind of breaks up. It's been a bit of a drag. Um, if anybody is, you know, here and even still listening to this, um, which probably quite a few people are. Um, I, uh, uh, from fear to medicine is still up and available for purchase. It's the last, um, evergreen offering that I'm probably going to do for quite some time. Uh, I'm working on the tarot for the wild soul course, which is, um, I do not understand why spirit continues to give me these things like in the middle of these foggy times. It's very confusing, but, um, whatever. I don't even know. We're in a fight about it right now, but (laughs) working on it. Um, the new course is just, it's like a completely different animal. It's not even like reshot. Like the entire thing is restructured. There's totally different classes, totally different outline, the syllabus, what we're covering, all the material. It's, um, you know, there's still the same solid card theory, but um, some really potent new classes that are in the course, new website. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to be my life 24 seven from like yesterday to, you know, like July. So (laughs) I'm sure you'll hear about that, but, um, yeah, you know, in the, in the spirit of sort of opening to the heart of the podcast like I would love to hear from you what would you like more of in this podcast I'm curious like this community is so rich and beautiful and I would love to hear like what what are you wishing this podcast would be what do you love about it what do you want more of I'd love to hear you know um you can email us at uh wildsoulpodcast at gmail.com or at info at lindsaymack.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts about, you know, in the journey of this podcast, very clearly changing. Um, I know that you, the community, are such a big part of that. So what might be of use to you and uh, what might make your heart feel seen and open and nurtured in this time? So let me know. Thank you for listening, loves. Happy full moon again. And um, should be a podcast Friday, but if I get a no, I'm not going to push it. So we'll see. Um, But I'm pretty sure this Friday, so you might get another twofer. (laughs) Um, And who knows what that one will be. So you'll just have to stay tuned and we'll we'll learn about it together. Um, Just sending all of my love. Thank you so much for being here and please take care of yourselves until we meet again.
Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.